Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, January 4th, first show of 2024. My name is Daniel Doppin. Fantasy Focus presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It is easy to Geico, just like it's easy to talk to my friends. Here, heading into week 18, Field Yates and Stefania Bell joining me. Guys, we made it, Stefania. We made it here to week 18. I hear that I've got a championship on my roster here. Stefania Bell brought home a War Room League championship. Congratulations to you, Stefania Bell. Thank you. It has it. been a long time coming. <laughs> a long time coming. But, uh, you know, they say that, you know, sometimes things are, it's worth the wait, right? Mm -hmm. That you appreciate it more. So I am in full gratitude mode. I'm pretty proud of our ragtag roster by the N16 teams and, it's hard to keep a healthy roster, as it was in my case. And in fact, one of my players, Noah Brown, left almost immediately after mm -hmm. the game started. So, yeah. um, who was, was filling in for Cortland Sutton, who wasn't available at all? Cortland right. Sutton had ten touchdown right. catches during this season. So, I think Stefania, in her ever humble state, is completely underselling what just took place. I agree. Stefania Bell picking sixteenth out of sixteen teams, along with the great silent partner Rob G, has a lineup. It goes the distance. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, two of the stars, not just for Daniel's Lions, but for Stefania's day-to-day -day championship winning team. Have you done any of the following already, Stefania? And if you haven't, it is time to do these things. Have you gotten a vanity <laughs> license plate that just says War Room League Champ? Have you changed your Twitter bio? Have you changed your legal middle name to Stefania? War Room Champion Bell, and have you made it very clear to Daniel and myself and everybody else here at ESPN that hence to forward, I think that's like a Latin phrase for like going sure. forward. Sure. We yeah, shall well, right. we shall refer to you as Stefania, the War Room League champ, and nothing else. Unless we want to call you Queen, which also works. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not gonna tell you not to do it. Wow. I, I'm wow. sure I'm not going to listen, Daniel. Do you know how long I've been working at this? Yeah. <laughs> second. And Rob and I looked back and it was 10 years ago, uh, the second place. So, um, yes. And by the way, the team name is day to day for a reason. Everyone knows my team is, tends to be the injured team. And Field's first point was exactly the most important one. I'm on Ross St. Brown. And Jameer Gibbs, who came on, obviously, a little took a while, but when he came on, he was fantastic. They were healthy pretty much the entire season. Tua Tagovailoa was our quarterback, and he was phenomenal early on. Little struggles later, but again, mostly stayed healthy. And Cortland Sutton, up until the championship, stayed healthy. So we were really uh, fortunate in that. And, and also, by the way, um, Bill's running back, James Cook, who yeah. I think... Uh, just went under the radar for what he could be and then really um, even began to exceed his performance from the first half in the second half. So Yeah, really came uh, out in the second half of the season with that coaching change for sure. Right. That helped you out a bunch, definitely. But, uh, I'm just going to say that, it, look, I, I th for anyone who's listening, watching the podcast, we say this all the time. We suffer the same week in and week out, just like all of you. And right. this was me sitting up curled in a ball in the corner of my couch watching the Denver game tick down because Adam Schefter had Jarrett Stidham and Brandon Johnson who got taken down at the one yard line. I, it, it was it was hashtag fantasy life, right? It really I, I, was. I lived it. That was, uh, yeah. you were not the only one, Stefania. I had Noah Brown in my finals matchup with Field Yates as well. And Field in the Fantasy Focus finals, unfortunately for me, took down the championship. It was a tough run there, Field, but your team was pretty strong. I did not deal with injuries well in week 17, but you know what? You got a good team. You brought home a championship. That's what matters here. Yeah, I mean, when you think about like uh, most important leagues at ESPN, the War Room League like way supersedes yes, our fantasy focus league. So yes, Stefania's accomplishment is way cooler <laughs> than mine. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a belt, it was, though. 
I, I, well, the belt that I have right here will I be handed over to somebody <laughs> else on Sunday exactly. for Fantasy Focus. Uh, but yes, uh, Fantasy Football Now, excuse me. So uh, yeah, Daniel, you know what? I uh, Part of me felt bad when when your team uh, lost Christian McCaffrey at halftime and Alvin Kamara basically halftime. Uh, but it, it was one of those, I'm not, I'm not trying to, it's going to sound like gloating, but I'm glad that the margin was what it was because yes. what it basically meant was that like the difference between your squad and mine this past weekend was not merely Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara going down, but rather just like a tougher day at the office for your squad, maybe a better day at the office for my squad, except for the Atlanta Falcons defense, who's got negative three points for me. Negative three. I would have literally been better served. Why do you have any my dog Falcons defense. on your team? No. Defense. The defense has been good. No, the defense has been good. I know, but still, yeah. you ought to know, Field, that the Falcons hurt you. They apparently do. Fire there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will work. I mean, I have worked every day since the championship was was decided, and I will continue to work every day until the season begins next year to do my very best to defend my title uh, in the Fantasy Focus Show League. And That's it was right. weird. Like, I, I don't think we talked about this on the show. We can talk about it more when Mike joins this show in just a little bit. But I feel like we undersold the fact that Mike was going to donate every dollar that he made from all of his fantasy leagues this year to the winner of the Fantasy Focus Show League, which he hasn't done yet for reasons unknown. But I do look forward to that moment taking place, hopefully at some point (laughs) in the next 48 or so hours. Yeah, we'll have to get a clock on that one, see what it is that we can figure out as to why the payment has not yet come in. Yeah, Hey, listen, we got a lot that we are going to dive into today. ESPN Fantasy does run through week 18 for a lot of championships. A lot of the leagues that we are in, we have changed because the league manager powers uh, to be able to make it so that they end in week 17. I think we would all suggest that utilizing the league manager ability to help make your fantasy uh, <clears throat> your fantasy league end in week 17 for us, we feel like is a better situation because of the variables that come in week 18 with guys sitting out, players resting all the time, trying to figure out who's motivated to play and who's not motivated to play. And that is going to be what we talk about today in diving into this. Which teams are motivated to play in week 18 and which teams have wrapped up either a playoff spot and they're going to sit players or they're out of the playoff spot and they're going to sit their stars because they don't want to have them hurt going into next year. So this is going to be a very big conversation about who is going to be playing here in week 18. But Stefania, like we always do, we're going to start off with the injury report, make sure we know everything heading into setting our lineups. And let's start with the quarterback position with you because Josh Allen, has been dealing with a neck and a finger injury. I believe that he practiced on Wednesday, but what can you tell us about Josh Allen's status for week 18? Well, his his neck is definitely bothering him. And, you know, Josh Allen has tried to downplay injuries in the past when he's had them. I know that I've heard from members of Bill's Mafia when we've talked about quarterbacks who play through injuries, and they often say that we don't give Josh Allen enough credit for doing just that. Last year, it was the elbow. Uh, His shoulder has been an ongoing issue, and that's why this injury struck me as particularly noteworthy because he's had problems with his right shoulder. Now you talk about his neck and his right finger. And it makes you wonder if his shoulder could be further compromised because of the neck injury that's going on. Now, he was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. There's no chance that Josh Allen is missing this game. Uh, It is so important, and it's going to be in prime time. So uh, he's not sitting out, but it's just something to to watch. I mean, if you have him in fantasy and it's your championship, there's no way you're sitting him either. But I've just got my eye on this one because it is a little bit more of a concern. All right. We'll talk about the Bills. They absolutely have a lot to play for, like you alluded to, Stefania. So hopefully we see Josh Allen out there. What about Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence sat his very first game like of his career dating back to when he was a child, I feel like. So when you look at this last week, obviously big game for the Jaguars. Yeah, you know, an AC sprain that kept him out, like you said, first missed game. And really, it's tough to throw when you have a significant AC sprain. And Trevor Lawrence was also coming off of multiple injuries that he's had this season. And I think uh, it's just a, a cumulative toll, if you will, on top of the fact that not able to really throw with that injured shoulder. They're calling him day-to-day now. Doug Peterson's calling him day-to-day, and he did return to practice last week. He didn't make it in at all. So I think okay. uh, there's some hope, uh, but it's not decided yet. This one could come down to the weekend. All right, we'll continue to watch that, as always, on Fantasy Football Now, Sunday mornings from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Our last one of the season will be very fun. Let's talk about some running backs. Stefania Alvin Kamara, unfortunately, I lost him yes. in my finals matchup. 
Uh, I believe it's an ankle injury that he's dealing with. Are we going to have him here in week 18? It is. And they're calling him day to day as well. Um, as of Tuesday, that is uh, that is still that was originally the case. That's still the way they're talking about him. Uh, this is another one where it could come down to the wire for Alvin Kamara. OK, we'll continue to monitor that one as well and see what's going on. Let's talk about some dolphins. We did not get Tyreek Hill last week. We've seen him in a walking boot. I'm told that's a precaution, just dealing with Hold everything. Jalen Waddle, we didn't have last I'm so sorry, and I skipped Josh Jacobs. That's on me. Uh, so let's do this. Let's talk Josh Jacobs. Okay. Let's keep going with the running back conversation, Stefania. Josh Jacobs, dealing with a quad injury. Are we going to have him this week? This is this one's interesting. You know, we we talked about him a lot last Sunday because, you know, Antonio Pierce, uh, the current coach for the Raiders, continues to talk about him in with with hopefulness, I would say, more than optimism. It was optimism at the beginning. And remember, Josh Jacobs got hurt a couple of weeks ago and then they came out with the Thursday night game. We didn't really expect to see him, but they didn't immediately rule him out. He doesn't play that Thursday night. The following game is a Monday night. So you think, well, he's got that much more time. In the interim, he develops an illness. Quad wasn't ready for him to be able to play, despite the optimism from Antonio Pearson. Now, here we are coming into week 18, and Antonio Pierce's words were that he's going to, quote, fight until the end, unquote. So that is, he was speaking of Jacobs, of course, you know, wanting to play, pushing to play. Mm -hmm. But he called him a game time decision. So, again, this one will come down to the wire. And I don't know that we have any better indication that he will or won't be available by Sunday. All right, we've had Zamir White under center under center as the lead running back for these Raiders for the last three weeks. So if there is no Josh Jacobs, we expect him to continue to play again. Now we talk Dolphins wide receiver Stefania. We did not get Tyreek last week. We also have Jalen Waddle, who this week, I believe, is dealing with an ankle injury, did not practice on Wednesday. So just looking at both of these Dolphins wide receivers, what can you tell us for week 18? Yeah, I mean, Tyreek Hill's definitely banged up. And, you know, the advantage of having hard knocks be on a team that's currently uh, playing is that you get to see a little bit more about what's going on than what they're telling you. And so you can tell that this uh, the ankle is still bothering Tyreek Hill, even though he continues to play. Um, Jalen Waddell, he was definitely a little bit more compromised. A high ankle sprain did not play. And um, he participated in the walkthrough earlier this week, even though he's listed as a non-participant in practice. So it sounds like there's room, the door is ajar for him to be able to return, but we won't know for sure until later in the week. So keep your eye on that. Keep an eye on both of those wide receivers. All right. What about for the Browns? We got a couple of banged up wide receivers there in both Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. Yeah. Amari Cooper dealing with a heel injury. Now Amari Cooper, uh, you know, has missed because of the heel, but Kevin Stefanski says that he's hopeful. Uh, and he did come, he did not return to practice on, on Wednesday, but his teammate Elijah Moore did return to practice after suffering a concussion that knocked him out. So uh, Elijah Moore has been tweeting uh, very positive, uh, thankful tweets and, and sounds like somebody who's very optimistic about his chances of being available. Uh, Amari Cooper, a little bit more of a question mark for me, even though they, right. they're hoping he'll come back. I mean, Amari Cooper's played through some some rib injuries and some other things in the past. But as we're seeing with some other players, these heel injuries, even though the teams aren't describing them in very specific terms, and it can be a number of things, but it's really problematic when you're trying to run. They can be super painful uh, and just make it impossible for them to get out there no matter how much they want to want to play. Well, this week, they will not have Joe Flacco under center either. It will be yeah. Jeff Driscoll starting, right. so that'll be something. Yeah, good context for those wide receivers, by the way. They're locked into the five seed. So if you're Amari Cooper, a veteran, is it really worth coming back if you aren't 100%? Somebody keep in mind when the Browns play the Bengals in Week 18 Sunday matchup. Yeah, revenge game for Jeff Driscoll. Going from the Bengals to the Browns. I think we're Dude, he has a revenge game against every team in the NFL. <laughs> I think he's been rostered by 27 of the 32. Yes, he is the Ryan Fitzpatrick of the current modern-day NFL. Yeah. Just to go off what Field said, it's really interesting. Teams have different personalities in this regard. So uh, there are some cases where it's obvious, like Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week because sure. he has the calf straight. You know, the calf is bothering him. But let me tell you, if this was, uh, you know, the – the NFC championship Christian McCaffrey is playing. Uh, there are 
coaches and coaching philosophies where they feel like it's better to have a player go through the routine, get dressed, maybe even play a little bit, especially if they have missed some time recently, just to get back out there, even if they know they're going to limit how many snaps they see versus not playing at all. And then going, you know, having potentially two, three weeks, four weeks that they haven't played before they hit a playoff game. So uh, they're all over the map. And as we hear about more players definitively being out, we love the coaches who are telling us that's the case, but I just wouldn't make any assumptions um, because some guys will waver and decide, no, I want them to play a little bit. And then you're stuck in week 18 because you might get a guy who goes out and plays for a quarter and then they've decided that they've seen enough. So hopefully the hints will come um, more fast and furious as we get towards the weekend. Yeah, the biggest week reading between the tea leaves when you're trying to decide who to start in week 18 for your championship roster. Stefania, we got one last guy to talk about. Devontae Smith got rolled up on last week. I think I saw him in walking in a walking boot with crutches after the game. I'm curious if that was just something that we're always trying to be precautionary. Is there anything to worry about here? How do you feel about Devontae Smith? Well, you never love to see that, but it's also true that sometimes the walking boot is a measure of just offloading the ankle, you know, or foot so that they don't have to put so much pressure through it. And it may not be an indicator of severity. And in fact, um, the Eagles have come out and said that it was a mild ankle sprain for Devontae Smith. So in the big scheme of things, not a serious injury in the scheme of whether he will play or not this weekend still remains to be seen. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia has more to play for than they anticipated at the first half of the season um, coming into week 18. But if you are Philadelphia and you're thinking that you're going forward, the concern is if you have something that's vulnerable to further injury uh, with a key player, do you want to put him out there? So again, more factors come into play in week 18 than just the severity of the injury. Keep a close eye on Devontae Smith. We will definitely continue to watch that. And Tamanya, like I said earlier, you will be with us on Fantasy Football Now, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on ESPN2 this week to make sure that we have all of our injury info set up for the final week of the football season. So great to have you. Field Yates, though, it's time now to be able to pay some bills, if you do not mind. Sure don't, Daniel. Not even a bit. Great job, Stefania. War Room League. Bell. Champion. Champion. That's Bell, right. make sure you guys. Go count uh, my chains while that. you guys yes. Go enjoy it. Mm, <laughs> you smell that? Mmm. That's the scent of fresh turf and freshly cracked Dr. Pepper, which can only mean one thing. The college football season is still here, even if it's almost over. It's time to reflect on your Saturdays and swipe a sweet Dr. Pepper from the mini fridge. Because this fall, there will be a new season of high kicks, long throws, and Fansville commercial breaks to carry you all the way through the West Coast games. That's right. The fans will be back. We're taking, we're talking more hot takes, more heartbreaks, more layers of face paint. Get ready to drink. Get all in. All the drama. One final time. That's Monday night. And again, this fall, with the help of the most delicious college football tradition there is, Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. It's bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code FFF for fantasy focused football. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code FFF. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-8 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right back here on fantasy focus bringing in our dude mike clay mike clay who is now the winner of the most prestigious dynasty fantasy football league at espn mike congratulations i know field already talked about it a little bit but i just wanted to say if you wanted to take the floor talk about your dynasty win we'll give mm -hmm. you that opportunity here go ahead yeah, so uh, on the pod last week, we talked about how when Field and I faced off earlier this season, uh, mm. I, I crushed him by about 100 points. And mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. result of this one was uh, 
pretty much the same. Uh, wow. So I think, you know, excuse me, <laughs> it, it was about the same. You know, it was, it was about is sixty about a hundred. Yeah, it is. And from in fantasy football, yeah, it is. That's that's okay. roughly. I came same, within so. sixty points of beating Mike this yeah. time. It, it was better. It All was right. a better effort. Your team brought their A game, I guess, for the they playoffs, really but uh, for the Can championship. Be- but it just wasn't enough to keep up with uh, my powerhouse team. By the way, that. It's super flex, but I only had one quarterback because of all the the injuries and everything going on. Jacoby Brissett getting hurt. Uh, we talked about that on the pod last week. So yeah. it was a it was a mess. We both had ma- major issues, but uh, yeah, my team uh, my team peaked at the right time down the stretch, and, and we got the title. So Daniel, uh, I have a little yeah. little trivia question for you. All right, bring other it. than my own team, yep. What were the two highest scoring weeks? By any of the eleven other rosters in this entire league all season. Here no, no, no. This excuses. is other than no excuse. No, no, no. I gotta other imagine that team. the uh, the I would assume the wonderful Damian Dabrowski had a week up there, and nah, maybe no, Albis Scott nope. Clark. Team is loaded. No, negative. Nope. That's gonna be incorrect. Wow. No, I think I know this. Right? Is it yeah. me against you, and then me against you? Yes, Mike. Wow, <laughs> had the two highest scoring weeks by teams that weren't mine in the entire season in the two times that we faced off. More seriously, Brutal. Mike's team is absolutely loaded. I mean, Puka Nakua had to be was with did, did you draft Nakua or did you get him off the waiver? Yeah, I think I, I believe I drafted him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Puka Nakua, Brees Hall. It was an ominous start for me from the beginning. And then just mm. think about all the players. Your team just like your team's awesome. You've got CD Lamb. Puka Nakua, Reese Hollowall had monster weeks. Even Najee Harris, who was your OP for the week, Mike, because yeah. of your quarterback injuries, had the best game of his season. You've got a great squad. I am, uh, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. Um, I'm dubious that my team is more than, like, I think a lot of things went right for my squad this year, including Raheem Mostert having 21 touchdowns. We'll see whether or not my team can be back next year. Mike is the team to beat going into 2024. A huge congratulations to Mike. Um, Again, he still hasn't traded me Travis Etienne uh, or (laughs) paid me the money that he told me he would pay. But other than that, it's a well-deserved championship. And uh, Mike Clay, the best in the business. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. Thank you to Daniel for trading me Travis Etienne for the season. He was a key piece uh, of the run. Uh, I also traded my first rounder next year to bring in Josh Jacobs for a run down the stretch. He got hurt, but... I had Zamir White lined up, which helped out. So, uh, yeah, it was a a fun little team this year, and uh, we'll keep it going, hopefully, next year. Yeah, we will keep it going. We will have a lot that we talk about, obviously, within our Dynasty League. It is very important between the three of us. But let's talk about Week 18, if you guys don't mind. Mike, I want to bring this to your attention. Week 18, in case you didn't know, has more variance than any other week of the season. You are our projections guy. One of the things that we look at, and I know that you do, too, We're looking for teams in week 18 that have a high motivation to be able to Mm -hmm. play. There is a reason why they are out there on the field. Not every team has something to play for in week 18. As the guy that does our projections, how much more difficult is it to look at this week in comparison to the rest of the season? Well, you said said week 18 of the regular season. Are you sure this isn't week four of the preseason? Because I thought that's what it was. It might uh, be. Just looking at who's playing this week, that's that's what it seems like. Uh, they, you know, they really did. They replaced a week. They added a week to the regular season, replaced a week of the preseason, and it's very much like that last preseason week with uh, the quarterback lineup for this week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're gonna we'll we'll refer to this throughout the rest of the show and talk about the teams, but I think the key is is that when we say motivation, it has to do with teams that may rest players for the playoffs and. Um, you know, yeah. there are there are several teams. There's five to be exact. Uh, and I can summarize this quickly and then we'll kind of get into the, the micro. But uh, there are five teams that have basically already said they will rest key players, including the starting quarterback for all five of these teams. The Ravens are locked into the one seed in the AFC. The 49ers are locked in the one seed in the NFC. The starting quarterbacks will not play some key players as well. The Browns, same thing, locked into the five seed and the Chiefs locked into the three seed. Uh, the Rams are going to rest key players as well. Uh, they can only move between the sixth and the seventh seed. So you're going to see quite a few players there, including Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald rest uh, for those teams. So they're the, they're the five for sure. Everyone else, I think, will go the distance. But again, we'll we'll talk about that throughout the show. All right. So let's dive into the AFC. If you don't mind, Field Jates, I want to talk about some of these teams because we got some huge matchups that have some playoffs implications that I think we can look at using some fantasy assets within these games. And the very is Dolphins and Bills. Dolphins and Bills, a huge matchup here. You look at Tua and everything that he has done as well as with the rest of this team. You listen to what Stefania said about these pass catchers. Do you think that if you're in week 18, you could use Tua as a potential streamer or a low-end QB1 against this Bills team? Well, only because you might not have a choice, Daniel, right? Because of Mm -hmm. all the teams that aren't going to be playing their players that Mike laid out. I mean, just off the top of my head, quarterbacks that will not be available this week 
again, that would be ranked higher than Tua include Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, maybe Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, right? So quarterback 12 is where Tua falls in my ranks, which tells you that my confidence is not that significant given that he's been bad for what? What's two months now, Mike? I mean, it's not like this has been a robust second half production-wise for Tua Tunga-Vailoa. He's quarterback 12 for me, Daniel. But I want to say this. We can go through all these topics very meticulously and with a fine-tooth comb. But generally speaking, it's week 18. You're playing in the championships. You're going to play the players that either brought you there that are still available for this upcoming Sunday, or you're going to play good players, right? Like, I would rather roll the dice on a good player than try and decide between, like, ooh, am I going to go with, like, Sam Darnold or am I going to go with Tyler Huntley this weekend? Both of those guys have had some moments in the NFL, but there's some uncertainty there as well. Like, even if those guys do play, will the full throttle effort be there from those teams? Like, are the Ravens going to maybe at some point just try to run the crap out of the ball because they want to get through week 18 and onto their bye week? So my general strategy is play the guys that you have known, that you have leaned on, that are still available this weekend, or find the best players available who are not already on your roster. So that sounds like guys like both Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, both of those running backs have been utilized up until this point field, knowing that you talked about having Raheem Mostert. There's no way that you're not playing him then, right? You're looking at these, these Dolphins and you're basically saying to us, you're playing all the Dolphins that you would normally play. Yeah, as long as he's back on Sunday, which, you know, obviously we'll see definitively and we won't know until, uh, well, I guess we could have some, you know, an injury status report or uh, injury report on Friday that tells us he's good to go. But yes, I am playing my Dolphins on Sunday, assuming they are back and healthy. Uh, that is just my general feel on this game, which I don't know the over-under yet, but I'd imagine it's one of the highest on the board for the entire week. All right, so let's look at the other side then. Mike, I want to ask you about Stefan Diggs because mm -hmm. Diggs not been great recently, especially for our fantasy matchups. There's a chance that maybe he gets a Jalen Ramsey shadow in this one. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. So uh, Miami has only shadowed once this season, but it was the game that Xavier Howard was out. And in that game, Jalen Ramsey shadowed Garrett Wilson was on him on all but one of his perimeter routes. I would expect that to be the case here. Xavier Howard is going to be sidelined for this game again. Now, Diggs has struggled as of late under nine fantasy points in six of his last seven, but he's actually never been below 10 fantasy points against the Dolphins in his career. You know, sometimes players are up a little bit for divisional games. I know he's never really played uh, as poorly as he's been from a fantasy perspective uh, in his career. So that, that's something there's something to be said for that. Um Earlier this season, though, he had his best game of the year against the Dolphins. Six catches, 120 yards, and three touchdowns. Jalen Ramsey was out for that game, so that's something to think about. But uh, I have him wide receiver 10. I think he's a, a fringe wide receiver one. Kind of to Field's point before, you're not going to overthink this one. It's Stephon Diggs. The target share has been there, even if he's been struggling. Huge game here. Miami defense is dealing with a ton of injuries aside of uh, Ramsey. So Diggs should be in your lineup. But I'll say this, Daniel, your favorite player on the other side. The you know we talk every year about these boom bust players. Yep. I don't know if it's ever been as extreme as Gabe Davis. Oh, like man. he he might <laughs> have like kind of set the new benchmark this year. Five games with twenty plus points. In his other eleven games, he's averaging four point five fantasy points per wow. game. He has three wow. three of his last six games. He has zero <laughs> catches, zero fantasy points. I've I, it, the it's just the absolute extreme. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, but in this matchup on the other side of the field. He does draw uh, Eli Apple with Ramsey on Diggs, so that's a really good situation for him. But then again, we've been in this spot before, and Gabe has laid an egg, even when he's had right. the great matchup. So I don't know what to make of him. I think he's a, a deep league flex option, uh, but you know he definitely is a good matchup. That's one of those tough ones in this situation because oftentimes, especially within the, the shadow report, Mike, we'll talk about, hey, if he's going to be over here, this guy, the other wide receiver might have a really nice setup. But given everything that you just laid out about with Gabe Davis, when there's not consistency there, what I need in week 18 is guaranteed fantasy points. And unfortunately, as much as I love Gabe Davis, you guys know that the one thing I can't count on is guaranteed fantasy points with Gabe Davis because of the fact that it is such a boom bust nature. So if you've got to roll that dice this week, there is at yeah. least reason for optimism, right? That's what Yeah, and it doing. might depend on your situation too. So we're in the Veterans League, which runs through week 18. It's my only league that's left that's running this week and I'm trailing. So if I had Gabe Davis and I had go. a safer play that I know I can get, get me 12 to 15, I might go Gabe Davis there and, and hope he puts up one of the 20 plus point games, especially in this matchup. So yeah, it depends on your circumstances too, I think. Yeah, totally there. And I in looking at the rest of these pass catchers outside of Gabe Davis, the only other pass catcher that I'm looking at within this Bills team would potentially be Dalton Kincaid. Again, Fields, you kind of mentioned with all the guys that are potentially going to be out, I've Kincaid as a low end tight end one, which is sort of where he's been living within this offense. Don't have a ton 
Uh, I don't feel as much optimism as I did earlier this season around Dalton Kincaid with the return of Dawson Knox, but still somebody I think is a low-end tight end one option for Week 18. All right, let's look at Jaguars and Titans, another one that is going to be a big matchup. Field Yates, Mm -hmm. assuming that we get Trevor Lawrence back, and right now that is an assumption. It is not positive that that is going to happen, but once once we are certain that we get Trevor Lawrence back, how are you going to approach this Jaguars offense? Yeah, Daniel, I, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to kind of sound like redundant, right? But like my, 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 here's my, like, again, it's week 18. My general stance is either like I'm playing you or I'm not with a couple of Gabe Davis type analysis, analyses available in between, right? But Trevor Lawrence is within my top 10 quarterbacks. He is quarterback eight in my rankings this week. Should he play? Of course, they play against the Titans, who, as we know, have a longstanding issue in terms of opposing quarterbacks going off against them for fantasy purposes. So he is ranked inside my top 10. If he plays, I am back on the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon. I know that they have, the Jaguars have designated Christian Kirk to be able to return from IR field. Assuming that he does go in this one, and that is, again, a big assumption because we're not sure. How is it that you would approach Christian Kirk knowing we haven't had him for the last couple of weeks? I'd be playing him. I mean, unless we get some sort of suggestion from Doug Peterson that he is going to be activated but only play a certain number of snaps, I'd be playing Christian Kirk for as much as this Jaguars team has been difficult to forecast week in and week out with the up-and-down nature of Evan Ingram early in the season and Calvin Ridley throughout much of the season, even Travis Etienne at times of late. Christian Kirk was the one player who, when he was on the field, was about as predictable as there was within this offense. So he would be like a borderline wide receiver three for me, assuming he is back on Sunday against Titans. Yeah, we should uh, talk about that situation there, right? Because Houston is playing Indy. The winner of that uh, is in the playoffs. The loser is out. The the Jags-Titans game, then the Jags have to win. If they win, check this out. If they win this game, they win the division. Okay, so they'll have a home game. If they lose... They're out because the winner of Houston and Indy will pass them and win the division. They will miss the playoffs. This is a playoff game for Jacksonville. So, uh, yeah, if Kirk is like, it's not like "Eh, we're in good shape. We're locked in. We'll just rest him another week. He they they need him. They need to win this game. Uh, And this is you never know, like these divisional games like this. And it's in Tennessee could be Derrick Henry's last game. Like the the Titans are going to come out and try to try to play spoiler here. So uh, they know Vrabel wants to win, right? 100%. So uh, they're going to be all out in this one. And again, that's why we talk about motivation and why it matters there. Some teams can take afford to take their, their foot off the gas a little bit, rest some guys. That is not the case for several of the teams we're going to talk about, including Jacksonville. This is a literally a playoff game for them. Yeah. So when you look at that, obviously, as long as all of those Jaguars are going to be rolling out there, we would have them at least considerable within our starting lineup. And Mike, you just mentioned it, Derek Henry, this could be the end of the Derek Henry era in Tennessee. I realize we're talking about week 18. How do you approach Derrick Henry for week 18? There's no way you're taking him out of your signing li- starting lineup, is there? Yeah, I'm uh, more stressing about what to do with him for next year's rankings. Mm, he's going to be yeah. 30 and we don't know where he's going to be. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I do, I'm the early stages of those ranks. It's going to be interesting. Um, look, he's interesting because um, he's had two major duds the last three weeks. They were both against the Houston Texans uh, elite run defense. In his other four games since week 12, he has seven touchdowns. So he's been really good in fantasy other than when he's played Houston. Of course, before that streak started, before week 12, the most recent game was Jacksonville, and he had 44 yards and 11 touches. So he had a dud there uh, as well, not doing so hot in those divisional games. So mixed emotions on this one from a fantasy perspective. I think uh, he'll be busy, though. Could be his last game. Uh, I, Jacksonville overall has been a neutral mass matchup. So I think if you have Henry, you're firing him up as an RB two. All right. So let's look ahead then. Cause I'm with you on all that and nothing else to add really there. Field you anything you want to add before we talk NFC? No, nope. let's move ahead. Let's talk the NFC and who is motivated there. There are a couple of big teams that we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Washington commanders. I don't really want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. I don't, I'm sure you guys can figure out why, but they got a lot to play for here in week 18. <laughs> It's not just them, though. The entire NFC South, basically, the Buccaneers, the Saints, they both have a lot to play for, as well as the Falcons. All three of them have something on the line. Daniel, you may have cut out right there, my friend, so I'll take it over for you. Unless, Clay, can you hear him or no? No, I I don't hear him. Okay, well, um, we have lost Daniel here for a second. What he was trying to say is that there are teams that are highly motivated this weekend. He listed a bunch of them. I'll just put a pendant. Cowboys, Buccaneers, Saints, Seahawks, Falcons, Packers, Vikings all have playoff life. Ipso facto, they're going to be playing for their playoff life this upcoming weekend. All those games taking place on Sunday. Daniel, are you back? 
I think so. I never there felt like I left, but back. apparently I did. Yes, you are back. Yes. Sorry about that. All right, so let's talk about it. I want to talk about the Cowboys. There's one guy. That there's only one guy we should talk about. Right? Okay, it's got to be go C.D. Lamb. I mean, there's oh, more than one guy, but I want to talk about one guy from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, we can talk about him. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's. So C.D. Lamb, I just want to say this. C.D. Lamb has been unbelievable this year. When you look at the wide receiver position, the king of the wide receiver hill. After weeks one and two, it was Tyree Kill. He was wide receiver one. After week three, it was Keenan Allen. I know that was Mike did not have that on his bingo card with Keenan Allen being 31 years old, did not think he was going to be wide receiver one. No, I mean, four, I thought he I thought he might be early in the year and then fade off because of his old, old age. Old, and uh, well, by the way, it exactly right. By the way, he did get hurt. So I'm just saying right. because yeah. he's an old, old man. Nothing uh, wrong rel- with that. Re- relatively speaking, Relative, in fantasy, yes, fantasy yes. In, in fantasy world. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, oh, good. After week four, Justin Jefferson took over as the wide receiver one, and then it became the Tyreek Hill show. From weeks five to week 16, Tyreek led the wide receiver position and has been wide receiver one up until last week when CeeDee Lamb played the Detroit Lions. CeeDee Lamb takes over as wide receiver one with 367.7 fantasy points on the year. He has been unbelievable. Obviously, you are starting CD Lamb. If anything, I just wanted to talk about how good he was because we talked about coming into this year over and over how they wanted to run the football. We heard over and over about how Mike McCarthy is going to run the football, want to run the football. And instead, CD Lamb, right now, going into week 18, wide receiver one on the season. I just wanted to shout out CD for everything that he has done because dude is unbelievable and will be in the conversation for one of the top, if not the top wide receiver off the board in 2024. Mm-hmm. No question yeah. about that. But in, as far as this game is concerning, there's only one player that we're, we're, we're debating on for, for playing. And that's, that's Tony Pollard because, mm-hmm. you know, we'll do an award show at some point this off season. Uh, and I don't want to be like negative energy guy right now, but clearly Tony Pollard has been amongst the biggest busts in all of fantasy. I mean, the position you would think was perfect, right? The number one running back and what was last year, a very run heavy offense and while it's been less run heavy this year, it's still an excellent offense. And goal line slash red zone opportunities have been there from Tony Pollard. And instead, he has proven to be one of the least reliable players in all of fantasy. And yet, because of all the guys that are out and because of the fact that the Cowboys should be able to cakewalk this commander's defense, we all still have him as a top 15 running back play on the lower end of that top 15. But um, as Annoying as it might be to have to do this, I do think you have to go back to the Tony Pollard well one more time. Yeah, I, I agree. By the way, uh, some silver lining here. He had 22.3 fantasy points against Washington in week 12. That was the best game of his yeah. season. Was busy yeah. as a rusher uh, where he had a touchdown and caught all six of his targets as well. And that was only the sixth best performance by a running back against Washington uh, this season. Yeah, it's been, been atrocious against the pass and the run. Uh, 18 touchdowns to running backs this season, top five in pretty much all categories that position. So this is a great matchup, and he has delivered against them uh, earlier this season. By the way, the Washington season is over. Of course, Dallas playing the lockdown, the two seed. This could be a very one-sided game. So, uh, yeah, Dallas is going to come out firing in this one. I'll tell you what. I When I look at this offense, Tony Pollard, my wife Rosie, has rostered Tony Pollard all season long. I cannot wait for this season to be over because every single week she's like, Mm. can I start this person instead of Tony Pollard? Can I start this running back instead of Tony Pollard? I can't tell you the the number of names that we talked about that was so frustrating for her in her second year playing fantasy, just not being in on Tony Pollard, especially because we talked him up so much like you had talked about field. There were high expectations coming into the year. It's been very tough here. So still have him as a top. He's still mid-pack RB2 based on what we have this week. Let's talk about the week 18 preview between the NFC South Falcons and Saints, guys. I got two running backs that we're looking at. It's Alvin Kamara, who got hurt last week, and it's Bajan Robinson. When I'm looking at both these guys, honestly, they both need to be in my starting lineup field. Is there any way that you're not playing either Alvin Kamara or Bajan, in spite of the fact that Bijan Robinson does play for Arthur Smith? Uh, yeah, the only a way that you wouldn't play either one of these two players is if Kamara is out. But uh, we are obviously having this conversation with the idea in mind that Kamara will play. Uh, Stefania, of course, filled us in on the latest with him at the top of the show. But yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't want to sound like I am uh, dismissive of conversations for Week 18. But yes, both of these players are inside my top 10 four running backs this week. We can have a thoughtful conversation at some point after the year about how Bijan uh, lived up to or did not live up to rookie expectations. but. Still a good enough player who the Falcons do need because they have some playoff life this weekend to perform. He's RB8 for me, Kamara at RB6. 
that'll be interesting to have those conversations. I'm curious what people think about yeah, John maybe. after the fact. Maybe we'll maybe. we'll see yeah. how that goes. Yeah, Mike, by the way, uh, there? yeah, I was gonna say Bijan had his best game, uh, the best game of his career, uh, actually against the Saints earlier this season. Twenty-seven point three fantasy points and two touchdowns. That wasn't that long ago. That was in Week Twelve. Um, you know, Saints have been really good against running backs, but they cannot slow down Robinson in that game. So that should make you feel a little bit better. By the way, must win again for all of these teams. Tampa trying to lock down the division, but also Atlanta and New Orleans. One of them could win this division or and or make the playoffs uh, this mm -hmm. week. So again, all three three of the four teams in the division have something to play for and a potential playoff spot on the line. And ideally, we're going to have Chris Olave. He sat out practice on Wednesday, but would love to be able to see him. He's the only other Saint that I really feel super confident in starting. As far as the Falcons, I don't really want to start anyone other than B. John Robinson, unless you guys tell me otherwise. Even if you tell me otherwise, I still don't want to start someone other than B. John Robinson. I gotta be <laughs> nope, honest. nope, I'm with you. No, yeah. uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I mean, uh, from just from a fantasy perspective, hopefully we have a coaching change. Um, you don't want anyone to lose their job, but just from yeah. a strictly fantasy perspective, we hope things change for them for next season. Get a little bit more out of them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Bears and Packers, a wide receiver that we have gotten a ton out of this year. We had a little bit of buzz of Jaden Reed coming mm -hmm. into the season, the rookie that everybody was excited about. Between him and Christian Watson and the rest of these Green Bay Packer wide receivers, Mike Clay, how are you approaching the Packers against the Bears this week? Yeah, so this one we have to play out and see uh, who's going to go because Reed left last week's game with the chest injury. Watson has been out. I don't know if they're going to bring him back for this game, but uh, again, this is a team that still has some motivation seed wise. And uh, they could get up as high as I believe the sixth seed because the Rams are going to rest players and they there's a good chance they lose to San Francisco. So the Packers could lock in a playoff spot and get into that sixth seed. So uh, they'll be trying to win this one um, against Chicago. Uh, Reed and Watson are startable if they play. I'd be a little nervous about Watson because he could be limited if he plays a little bit here uh, just to get warmed up for a potential playoff game. Uh, Reed has just been so good. Four touchdowns in his last three games. He has 10 and 15 games this season. This is not a guy we thought coming into the league was going to be a touchdown maker necessarily uh, at his size, but he has been just outstanding. What a find. I'm really pumped for this group in the future. So uh, I think I would rank them. Reed, who I have 29th right now, assuming he plays. Watson, I have 34th wide receiver three, flex, that kind of thing. Uh, but if you have a better option than Watson or a similar option, you should go that direction with him coming off this injury that's cost him about a month. Yeah, one of my biggest fears is the idea of Christian Watson coming back and re-aggravating that hamstring after yeah. I start him. And, and again, in week 18, that is always a question mark every time he comes back. But hopefully, and they talked about this, um, you know, we got to figure out what's going on with that hamstring injury so that we can hopefully have Christian Watson on the field more often, Mike, because despite all the fun that we had around that conversation, he's a really good player. And him being out there on the field would, would impact these Packers in a very big way. Yeah, by the way, Chicago defense playing much better since that Montez sweat deal. They're headed the right direction. Still have per personnel issues to fill, but when they're healthy, they have some talented players. Remember, they address linebacker in the offseason. They bring in sweat. If Jalen Johnson, one of the best core, he might be having the best season, a corner in the NFL this season. He's awesome. So uh, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of talent there. All right, Phil, let's talk about the bears really quickly. Then outside of DJ Moore, is anyone else that you're starting other than him? Uh, no, I mean, if you're going to play somebody from the backfield, it's clear Herbert who has clearly asserted himself as the starting running back over the past couple of weeks. If Deontay Foreman is once again, a healthy scratch that only emboldens that take. He is my running back 31 for week 18. Yikes. All right, let's dive into some teams that have some motivation then to play. Both the Eagles and the Lions have a little bit of motivation, but not a ton, not as much as some of the other teams that we had just talked about. One thing I do want to quickly mention, this is just a personal thing. Sam Laporta has moved into the tight end one position. Total fantasy points on the season rookie tight end for the Detroit Lions. Just shout out to a rookie tight end who right now is tight end one on the season. That is in part because DJ Hawkinson got hurt, which you never love to see. And Travis Kelsey has taken a little bit of a backseat, but he has been unbelievable this year. Mike, understanding the Lions going out this week, taking on the Minnesota Vikings, don't have as much to play for, but there's a little bit on the line here. Part of this is the Dan Campbell conversation to me. Yes. Do you think that Dan Campbell is going to sit his guys going into week 18, or do you no. see him as a kind of coach where he's going to play them? Yeah, that's as, he said as much. Uh, so maybe things change throughout the week, but his comments earlier this week suggested they will go all out to beat Minnesota. Um, if the only way they could change seeds is if um, Dallas loses to Washington, they could jump up into the two seed. The Eagles would actually have to lose to the Giants as well. So it's unlikely, but the commentary from uh, Campbell suggests they will play in full. So keep an eye on that. But if you have lines, you're probably good to go. 
Um, and while while I'm at it here, Eagles. All right, here's my expectation with the Eagles. What, basically, the only way they move from the five seed is if the Cowboys lose in Washington. Mm. But the thing is, the difference between some of these other teams is that it's not moving one slot. It's moving from the five seed in a road game against probably the, the Buccaneers, Saints, whoever wins that division in the first round. But you just can't risk that. Even if it's unlikely, you cannot risk that. So my expectation is the Eagles play their starters for, we'll say, three quarters, and then they'll be scoreboard watching. If it's a blowout in Washington, maybe then they rest some guys. But right. I think it's a, a long shot. So I think you can start your Eagles with 80 to 90% of confidence of usual. Yeah, I was going to say, Mike, I think that really what it comes down to is that uh, they will be scoreboard watching from the jump. If it's 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter in Washington, D.C., and if it's 31 to three at halftime, Cowboys Agreed. over commanders, then I think that Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, if, assuming Devontae plays, will both be on the sidelines in the second half. Yeah, and by the way, just keep in mind that what was it? The 49ers were in Washington last week, and Washington hung in there until pretty late in that game. So yeah, if went, it's well, a 10 totally. point lead yeah. a halftime you know the eagles are probably still yeah, going to be trying to win that game going. absolutely yeah, yeah yeah so just keep yeah. that in mind there's been some chatter about that i think you should start your eagles with confidence for the most part although Devonte smith may not play in this one uh he's dealing yeah. with an injury field what about uh what about for the minnesota vikings taking on the detroit lions in detroit ty chandler was a tough run last time at the running back position right. are you looking at either one of these wide receivers understanding the crazy quarterback flux that's going on in minnesota right now well, it'll be Nick Mullins again, who threw for over 400 yards when these two teams played just two weeks ago. So Justin Jefferson, no surprise, back inside our top three for wide receiver rankings this week. And then Addison, Jordan Addison, is wide receiver 27 on my board because Mullins could certainly throw for 350 yards again this upcoming Sunday. I would fade Ty Chandler if possible because we all know just how much of a pass funnel the Lions are, which is... Uh, of course, aligns with the fact that they're outstanding against the run, both in real life and in fantasy. So if you have a better option than Ty Chandler, this would be a week to consider it. You may not because there are so many players who are going to be unavailable because of injury. Yeah, very fair. I also like Johnny Munt, again, as a low-end tight yeah. end one, given how good the the or how bad the Lions are against tight ends. He's someone yeah. that I got a low-end tight end one. Sounds like I'm not the only one, Mike Clay. Yeah, I hit on an anytime touchdown for him last week. Uh, Me too. 77% of the snaps, four catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. They ran 38 pass plays. He ran 33 pass routes. Only Justin Jefferson had more targets. So he has filled right in at, what let's say, 80% of TJ Hawkinson is Johnny Munt. So no doubt he's a back-end tight end one. All right, a couple teams really quickly to close this one out that are not really motivated to play in Week 18. Ravens have already locked up the one seed in the AFC. 49ers, Mike, as you have already said, locked up the one seed in the NFC. Chiefs locked into the three seed, Browns locked into the five seed, Rams locked into the either six or seven seed. So those are a couple teams that we are not ideally not playing a bunch of players from because they are mm -hmm. looking to rest players this week. When you look at one last matchup, I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seahawks, the motivated versus the unmotivated in this one. Give me your thoughts on Najee Harris in this one, Mike Clay. Yeah, he uh pretty good last week. How about that? 27 carries, a buck 22 and two touchdowns. He had a big game in week 16 as well, but it's all on the ground. He has zero mm. targets over his last three games, which is just dramatically limits his ceiling. So he's a flex option. Jalen Warren is the main guy here. He's seeing a ton of uh targets and match the season I with 17 touches last week. Again, Ravens, good defense, great defense, but they're gonna be resting a lot of players in this game, whereas Pittsburgh needs a win to have a chance to get into the playoffs. So uh, this could be this really could be a one sided game in favor of the Steelers in Baltimore. So uh, I would feel good about Warren, less good about Harris, but he is a flex option. Sure. And field, when you look at this on the other side, I mean, is there anything as far as anyone from the Seahawks, anyone else from this team that you want to talk about before we close things out? Uh, so the Ravens, obviously, is uh, the team that they're playing on Saturday. And I think it really comes down to like how how fun, uh, how much fun are you willing to uh, potentially uh, have on this upcoming Saturday afternoon? Um, <laughs> Tyler Huntley. Pro Bowl quarterback a year ago. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to have – you look at the quarterback uh, projections for this week. You know, it's like right around 15 fantasy points for Tyler Huntley because he is a good athlete. He's not Lamar Jackson. No uh, running quarterback is. But athletic enough and has played a lot. You know, he played half a season in replace of, replacement of Lamar just a couple of years ago. So as far as backup quarterbacks go, uh, certainly one of the more seasoned around the entire NFL. But – um, you know, not only is it possible that the Ravens rest pretty much every valuable offensive player, it's also possible that during the game, 
They'll give Malik Cunningham some quarterback snaps. He's now their third quarterback, right? Melvin Gordon could be getting snaps out of the backfield. So while it might be the backups who start the game, it might be the third stringers who are in the game by the second or third quarter. So I would tread lightly with any Baltimore Raven this weekend. Yeah, uh, that's funny you mentioned Huntley going to the Pro Bowl, which should all but lock in Joe Flacco to the Pro Bowl this year, right? Like, Joe Flacco's should. never been to the, to the to the Pro Bowl. Well, now's his chance, right? It, yeah. that's, that's a trick. You'll need to play like, what, five or six games. That's that's how you get in. Um, it's kind of amazing, though, that Flacco never been a Pro unreal. Bowl pick. Yeah. yeah never. That's, that's never. unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. And that, that goes for all five teams that are going to be resting substantial players. You know, we yeah. mentioned the Ravens, Niners, Chiefs, Browns, Rams. Not, all, they already announced. Uh, several players will be out, including the starting quarterback for all five. Yeah. So uh, we're going to see a lot of interesting players, including old friend Carson Wentz starting yeah, for the maybe. Rams this That's week. Right. Um, and if you know, this is probably more uh, prevalent for DFS tournaments or whatever it may be. But you're going to have guys like Jordan Mason, for example, in in San Francisco. A guy like that is going to is positioned for a big game this week. So you have to keep an eye on uh, promotions Saturday, uh, and then of mm-hmm. course who is active and inactive Sunday morning. There could be some diamonds in the rough if you need some gems in your week 18 lineup or in DFS. So uh wow. we'll 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 cover that of course Sunday morning on fantasy football now. That was like a professional. Did you hear that? Diamonds in the rough if you need some gems in your lineup. Did you see the way that you well did done, that? Mike? That was so good. Yeah, I definitely did that on purpose. I knew what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, totally, totally crushed that. Hey, by the way, if you are playing DFS, check out our buddy Al Zeidenfeld, smizzle.tv slash links. He loves week 18 because of all the variant. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, he re- well, I don't know if he does, but he's he uh, if there's some one person I'm gonna trust. Uh, outside of you, Mike, Al being able to look at things from a DFS perspective, he's very Absolutely, good at trying yeah. to find contrar- contrarian ways to be able to set lineups. So uh, go check him out. That's going to do it for us in week 18 as well. We love you guys. We will be back next week and moving forward once a week. We are going to have a show once a week. It may move a little bit the first couple weeks of the playoffs based on the day of the week with everything else going on at scheduling at ESPN. But we will settle down into a once a week cadence on a specific day that they should be Monday. But we will come back and let you guys know that. For now, though, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Good luck in week 18. We'll see you on Fantasy Football Now on Sunday morning. See ya. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Phil